Get more confidence, dates, and sex. Build the relationships and lifestyles you really want. DatingSkillsReview.com presents a training program for dating with, with different world-class experts in every single episode, teaching you the secrets to their skills and success. Dating Skills Podcast, the podcast for men. Your host, Angel Donovan, here with another episode of Dating Skills Podcast. We're at episode 41. First, before we get started, I'd like to just give a big shout out and thank you to everyone who's given us ratings on iTunes. This really helps the podcast get out there to more people. It influences the iTunes rankings. I'm going to pull one of them out because it is a really nice comment. It's from Ralph. Uh, he says, great takeaways. He says, I love this podcast. There is always something new to learn from each interview. I also like the resources are there for us to buy if we like the guy and his product. If you're out there today, Daralf, listening, big thank you for that comment. I got a favor to ask you guys. If you haven't already, please do let me know in iTunes what you think of the podcast. Give it a rating, one to five, whatever you think's right. And if you like a comment to give me a bit more feedback. You know, this, this as I said, this helps us get higher ranked in uh, iTunes. And it helps, in that way, more people find us and learn and, and get better at this area of their lives. So it's, it's, it's really a great thing and it helps us too. Today's episode, we are talking about looks, whether they matter, your physical attractiveness, whether it's important. You may have noticed that there's a lot of confusion about this issue. There's some dating coaches and pickup artists and so on that say looks don't matter. It's all about other things. And there's others that say... They don't matter that much, but they do matter. And there's others that say they're all important, right? If you look at the mainstream and what the media are doing, they'd like you to think that, you know, physical attractiveness matters a great deal, especially if you've seen kind of fitness products and and training and so on. They really push that area. And of course, marketing from plastic surgery companies. So what is the deal? Do they matter? Uh, do they not matter? Well, I really wanted to get to the bottom of this because this is an area that we tell people to focus on first because we think it's an easy win. We think it does matter, but not so much as other people think. And we also think that you can control it a great deal, which is good news. To get to the bottom of this subject, I wanted someone who was really credible and objective and understood the research. And I have to say, I found a fantastic guest to cover this topic and I'm really excited about having him on the show. He's, he's got a very strong background background in research and he's very distinguished background in fact and he really knows what he's talking about. We have Dr. Gordon Patzer on the show today. He has six books out on physical attractiveness, what he calls the physical attractiveness phenomenon and basically is looks bias, how we're influenced by the way people look. His latest book is Looks, Why They Matter More Than You Can Imagine. Very interesting book, which I'll be putting up the review up for shortly. He has studied this subject for over 30 years, nearly 40 years, and he has been cited around the world in the press. He's been referenced by scholars around the world, so his, his, his research papers have been referenced. And he's currently focused on physical attractiveness for political leaders. He's looking into elections and how the results correlate with the looks of the candidates. So that, that's pretty interesting, too. Here's an interesting quote from Gordon Patzer to set the tone of this interview. He says, People are valued more who are higher in physical attractiveness. As distasteful as that might be, that's the reality. 
As usual for this interview and, and the show, you can get the show notes with all the links and so on at datingskillsreview.com slash DSP41. That's slash DSP41 and you'll have everything there. You can also leave a comment on today's subject to qualify for potentially winning the bonus coaching and more about that at the end of today's interview. Let's get to the interview now. Gordon, thank you very much for being on the show today. I'd like to give our listeners a clearer idea of uh, what you've been doing uh, just recently with this research into looks. What, what would you summarize as the basic concept of what you studied as, as it is today? Yeah, the basic concept is what's the role that a person's looks and specifically defined as physical attractiveness play in the person's life, both in an individual's life and in society overall. So that's my focus of my research. And then I look at individual little components such as we're talking about today, dating. However, I also do other research. I talk about how physical attractiveness impacts the elderly, mm -hmm. how it impacts politics, and there's really a long list of what, what has been documented by researchers in this area. Excellent, as I understand it, you pull together uh, different areas of research as well from different domains? Is it? Yes, yes, absolutely. This physical attractiveness phenomenon topic is a relatively new topic mm -hmm. as far as science goes. It only started to be looked at in the mid-60s. So what is that, about 50, 60 years ago? Right. And certainly it identifies closely with social psychology, mm -hmm. but it also impacts or has roles with market or with business and specifically with marketing, advertising, consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. But we can also expect, you know, much further, Angel, and we can see that anthropology plays a role because we've had very similar, as might come out in our conversation today, has, has very or has much similarity throughout history the role of physical attractiveness as it has today. Right, right, excellent. Yeah, because I understood it was quite a relatively complex research um, from that point of view, bringing in lots of different um, di dimensions from you know the world, the scientific world. Uh, how much of an impact do our looks have on our actual results in, in social context every day? Yeah, first let me start by saying, as we get into this, is that I'm not an advocate of this so-called physical attractiveness phenomenon, right. but I'm really a scholar, researcher, communicator about what we know. Yeah. With that said, what do we know? We know that physical attractiveness impacts every individual throughout the person's life. Hmm. And when I say physical attractiveness, I'm talking about typically the term beauty or prettiness for women and handsomeness for men or we may go much younger and refer to cute and uh, topics like that. So it impacts every individual throughout their life and it's not limited by any means to the United States or to North America or South America, but really is worldwide phenomenon. Right, right, totally. And you were just telling me earlier about like having, having looked at this in different, different areas of the world and, and uh, actually done speaking in various parts quite around the world. So what would be some examples of situations that people may not associate with this kind of bias? Like today, obviously, we're in a dating relationships uh, where it's always debated. I, I can tell you in our domain, it, it's, it's being debated all the time how important looks are, you know, or, or they aren't. 
and uh, whether you can kind of override um, those biases. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But right now, just what kind of areas of our lives perhaps we don't really think about this bias getting introduced, but where it exists? Sure. Let's start very young. Yeah. There's published research, and there's probably about about over a thousand researchers that have published studies on the topic of physical attractiveness. There's only a handful of us that have stuck with it the length of time that I and a couple others have done. Yeah. With that said, we can see from the research that literally at birth, nurses in a nursery center in a hospital, mm -hmm. they tend to touch more, speak more, and hold more babies that are more physically attractive, in this case, that are more cute. Mm. So if we believe, like many social psychologists believe, that we develop as our environment, literally at day one, we see, or at birth, we see the more cute being treated differently or more favorable than the less cute. Mm. This continues into, as the child goes into elementary school, we see that in elementary school, Teachers unknowingly, or at least they do not admit it, and I will say unknowingly, they treat children of higher and lower physical attractions differently. They spend more time, they have higher expectations with the children of higher physical attractiveness. Mm -hmm. What happens there then is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If the teacher is going to treat the more physically attractive child as being more bright or that expectation and spending more time with him or her, well, sure enough, they're going to develop. Now, so we've got those couple things, but let's go a couple other areas. We can see in a medical interaction, when a patient goes to a medical doctor, the patients who are more physically attractive, the medical doctor tends to spend more time with the individual, answer more questions, and answer those questions in longer or in more detail. So we've got very uncomfortable setting in that case, mm -hmm. and certainly, certainly something that's really been verified a number of times, and most recently there's an economist at the University of Texas in the United States who's published a book regarding physical attractiveness, and I like this research, mm -hmm. or a lot of this research, because I primarily deal, I'll say, in the psychology aspect, some sociology. He's coming in from the economics, and right. as we see repeatedly, that job applicants who are more attractive are more likely to be hired for the position that they're applying for. They're more likely to be hired at a higher income level. And if we look at the income of a person over their lifetime, now it's hard to generalize, but we've got enough research, enough people documenting this, we can see that based on the American dollar, and this is translatable, it appears, around the world as you would convert the currencies, is that a person in the U.S. of higher physical attractiveness, on average, we can conclude, makes about $250,000 more over wow. their career lifetime. Well, yes. while the career lifetime is defined as 40 years, mm -hmm. but if you add all of that up, that's a quarter of a million U.S. dollars, and again, that, that's translatable or convertible into other currencies seems to hold true. So this notion of physical attractiveness or, or a person's looks having some unexpected consequences, we can certainly see that to be the case. And we can see it in the judicial system, in the jury system. People arrested for crimes, depending what their physical attractiveness is, we may expect them 
to be guilty or not guilty accordingly. Right, so it's, it's pretty prevalent. It sounds like every aspect of, of our lives it's touching. And in areas also that you know, are a bit politically incorrect, you could say we don't really want to talk about these, these areas because it can put a lot of things into question, like you're saying the judgment system and, and work, for example. I, I saw a quote... Oh, you touched on something, Angel, really, really, really important. In all of this regard, as I started out, I'm saying I'm not an advocate, I'm a messenger of this. Yep. And in this regard, it's a topic that's very discomforting. Right. People do not like to admit that they treat people differently based on physical attractiveness. Yep. So you use the appropriate word. It's very pervasive. At the same time, people are either not aware of it or they literally deny that they treat people differently based on their physical attractiveness because it's very discomforting to talk about this topic that's very not politically correct in many cases and and yet I think it's important to bring it to light. Yeah. In that regard, let me say also that um, if you don't acknowledge or if you pretend that something doesn't exist, it doesn't go away. And we can look at things such as racism, sexism, mm -hmm. or what we can call this topic, lookism. So it's important, I think, to acknowledge it and then move on with life, but be aware that it does exist and don't deny it. Well, that's excellent. You know, I'm, I'm you know, really glad you bring it up this way because on this show, all we want is the truth. We, we're really looking to get at reality. And the reason for that is that we want, we want to basically get the best result. Um, for the people on this show, you know, they want to improve their lives, they want to get better. And the only way to do that is to deal with reality effectively, even if it's uh, discomforting. So we're just, we're just gonna, um, you know, talk straight today. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, that, that you can talk like that. And, you know, from this academic background and everything. I did actually see that, you know, you were quoted somewhere. I think it was Jezebel, which is a bit of a gossip magazine, not the best, but, um, they, they said that you, you actually said it was a, um, it was a, it was a good investment decision to invest in plastic surgery, uh, in terms of career, um, for, for many people because, you know, they can, in terms of economics, they can get good benefits out of it. Is, is that something you said or is that something they misquoted or is that something you would, you would say is true? That is something that I would say is true based on a collection of research that yep. shows individuals who receive cosmetic surgery enhance their physical attractiveness and people treat the people differently based on their physical attractiveness. Now, in that regard, we also know that people who in their own minds feel that they're more attractive then develop a different personality and they become more confident, maybe more persuasive. And to excel in life, be it socially, dating, or in the workplace, yeah, if we're more confident, if we think we're going to succeed, there's more likelihood that we will succeed. Mm. So, so, you know, so if we enhance our physical attractiveness, as, as uncomfortable as that may be, we are probably, and we are going to be more successful in life. Yeah, well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, thanks for that. I'm glad you also brought up the fact that it also depends on our own opinion, right? And, um, you know, these people are getting plastic surgery. It's also helping them to feel better about themselves. And then, therefore, they project that outwards. And that's something we, we've, you know, talked about many times on this show before. And that we'll get into it in a bit later, I, I think, when, when we maybe talk about plastic surgery and some other things a bit later. Um, so I'll leave that for now. For, the, for now, I just wanted to like uh, talk a little bit about, is, does this affect men and women differently, or is it exactly kind of the same? Or is it, was it more important for one sex or the other? 
Yeah, that's very good. Uh, women are still in 2013 and 14 and 15 probably are more impacted than, than men. And this is true in all cultures and all countries. Now, it's less so in the U.S. than many other countries, even though the U.S. might be, be pointed at as particularly focused on physical attractiveness. That's, you know, this difference is not as great. However, women or physical attractiveness is much more important for women than men. However, an interesting note, for approximately the last, I can say, probably five to ten years, maybe the last eight to ten years, the importance of physical attractiveness for a man has increased substantially more or greater than the importance of physical attractiveness for women. Now, I don't want to be misheard there, mm. is, that, is that we're coming from a low, low point. Physical attractiveness for men used to be very, very low, so they've increased substantially. Mm. Women have increased much more, but they're at a much higher point. Right. Now, in the workplace, which I brought up just a moment ago, is uh, for men, we see that better looking men, more handsome men, it's beneficial to them regardless of position that they're applying for. For women, it's a little more complicated. At the lower level positions, the more beautiful the woman is, the more likelihood she's going to get the position, get paid more, etc. For higher level executive positions, it becomes much more tricky, so to speak. Good looking certainly pays off, but you got to be careful not to cross the line of being sexy. Right. And also, I get email messages from women who self-assess themselves as high above average physical attractiveness or beauty. And they will say that it works against them to be highly educated and highly successful. And the worst situation, they will tell me, is to be good-looking, competent, and to work for another woman. So physical attractiveness for women has a different role. Mm. And in the dating world, in the dating role world, men put much greater physical attractiveness than they continue to do on their partner, meaning their woman that, that they're interested in, than the women put on the physical attractiveness of their partner, which is men. Right, so that's that's a specific dating uh, dating dynamic there. Has that has that remained yeah. the same? So, you know, men continue to put a lot more emphasis on looks than women, or is there any change in that over time? Yes, and yes to what you've just said. It it continues to remain women put or excuse me, men put much greater emphasis on the physical attractiveness of their mate than women do. Mm -hmm. However, that has changed substantially yeah. in that. Men continue to be the same as always, but women have increasingly looked at the physical attractiveness of men as an important criteria. They used to not consider that at all, but that has certainly increased substantially. And consequently, men, as I said a few minutes ago, their importance or their physical attractiveness is increasing, and in part because women are now looking at that more than other things. Now, for what it's worth, in the dating world, as distasteful as this might be, and maybe controversial, men are going to have as their number one criteria, initially at least, the woman's physical attractiveness, her beauty. Women, on the other hand, 
that will not be their number one criteria for their mate. Their number one criteria is going to be something about means or finances or resources. What does the male bring unrelated to physical attractiveness? However, physical attractiveness or, or handsomeness of the male has increased for women over the last, I'm going to say again, five, six, seven, eight years. Right, right. And that's, that, that's interesting. So to, so to, uh, to that, I think it also depends on context. I, I read in your book that um, depending on what the woman is looking for at a certain time, you know, obviously we're in a, in a modern society where, you know, women at a certain stage in their life, they're not looking for anything long term. They're looking for, you know, sexual hookups or they're just looking for casual dating. And uh, I think you specified in your book that, you know, based, based on the scenario, based on the context, the motivations will vary a lot in the women in terms of physical attractiveness. You're, ex you're exactly right. Now, we see from the research, generalizing from the research, or we see from the research, and, and not all women fall into this precisely. We're dealing right. with social science, and there's a lot of differences. With that said, women who are in the dating mode, so to speak, tend to prefer mates who are very stereotypically physically attractive. Mm. Those who are interested in, in marriage long term, yeah, they're going to be interested in that, but they're going to put much greater emphasis on much more the average looking person or the male, because the average looking person is more likely to be with them in the long term, they will feel. Now, there's a whole nother dimension to this, and um, I don't know if you want to, to mention it or whatever, but there is some research, not done by me, but reported by me, or at least discussed by me, is uh, depends what time of the month it is also. And that's a little nuance in the research findings, is that women, depending on their menstrual cycle, will have different interests in physical attractiveness level of their mates. So for women, the whole topic of their looks and their reaction to looks is much more complicated mm -hmm. than for men. Right, right. So, because I, I, th I think at the, you know, um, at, during their menstrual cycle, when when the when when the egg uh, is when basically when they're fertile during that period, they're more focused on physical attractiveness. Is that correct? When they're fertile, as you just said, they are more attracted to men of higher physical attractiveness. Right, right. When they're not in that fertile mode or period, then they're more attracted to women or to men who are less physically attractive than the most attractive men. You're, yes. Great, great, great. And uh, I've, um, I think something else I read was, uh, this is from the male's perspective now, that when he's looking for something short-term versus long-term, his, his kind of motivations change a bit as well. So he gets more focused in different body parts. So um, I, I think I think for the if he's just looking for something casual or he's just dating, then he's more focused on like larger boob size. Is is was was that something that um, you covered in your research? That certainly is part of this physical attractiveness phenomenon. Yeah. But certainly that would be the case that the men are going to be looking for. I'm going to say maybe it goes back to Charles Darwin and such. Mm. But the reproductive aspect of the, of the mate that he's attracted to. So the stereotypical, more sexiness, right. the curvy features are going to stand out for the man, yes. Okay, but when he's looking for like a longer term mate, so when he's considering a long term girlfriend or you know marriage, does, does that get toned down a bit? Is that less important? 
you've hit it perfectly, it gets toned down a bit. Mm. However, they still, men as a group still aspire to the higher physical attractiveness even then, but it does get down. Now, slightly in that regard, we often think that people over or underrate their own physical attractiveness. They see themselves as less attractive than they really are. In reality, that does not seem to be the case. And there's a number of ways that we can measure physical attractiveness or assess. Yeah. One is we can have our significant other evaluate us. Two, we can evaluate ourselves. Or three, which we think is the most realistic, is a group of strangers, which is what we do for research purposes. Mm. So it's a group of strangers at rate. Well, as we look at this, we see that people do not underrate their physical attractiveness, but in general, they overrate both men and women. However, men are particularly bad in that we see ourselves as much more physically attractive than reality. Women see themselves, it appears, a little more attractive than reality. And the reality being, again, the 30 strangers that we would have have assessed the individual. So right. men are particularly bad at self-rating, mm-hmm. and then consequently, they think they're going to match up with women of similar high levels. And in this regard, we're kind of getting into another topic that's very discomforting, is I don't think you see, and there's no research on this, but we have had commentary on this, is that so-called nines and tens do not date, mate, or marry twos and threes. So we've really discriminated you know, within ourselves. So the very good lookers, men and women, by and large, they only match up with the really good lookers. And you can just look around, and I think you'll see that with rare exception, and there are some rare exceptions, that the so-called rated twos and threes at the low end of physical attractiveness, they match up with each other. So a really good-looking woman or a really good-looking man do generally does not mate up or marry with a very unattractive. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's definitely the main trend. I mean, you often see people which, as you say, they kind of pair up with the same level of uh, attractiveness. Just just out of uh, uh, interest, would you recommend, because you're, you're saying basically that um, men tend to overrate themselves in terms of attractiveness, and earlier we were talking about how that if you think that you know you are more attractive. If this was in the context of plastic surgery, then you, you'll actually actually you know be more confident. You'll project a better image, and you'll get better results. So, I mean, is it is it, is that a reason? Like, because you could go onto our put your photo on a hot or not dot com site and find out how people rate you, but maybe that's not in your best interest to do that. If you follow my logic. Yeah, what you're talking about also is you know what you're hitting on now is that a person's physical attractiveness, how I feel feel about how I look, mm. is really a combination of factors, both physical and non-physical. So we often think that a person's looks or physical attractiveness is really all based on, on his or her looks, body, face, components, and all of this. Mm-hmm. However, we can raise a person's physical attractiveness, as odd as this may sound, mm-hmm. with non-physical features or non-physical aspects. Great. For example, as we know, I'll take at the extreme, there was initial early research done in Australia where we took a, a male, we brought him into a hospital setting, and we brought in this 30 strangers, as I said before, yep. 
and we introduce the person as a high school graduate who who is a custodian, a janitor on this floor of the hospital. He does a really good job keeping the floor clean, etc. All right. After that introduction, he then left the room and there was a questionnaire filled out which had embedded a couple questions, hidden so to speak, but embedded to rate the person's physical attractiveness. We did the same scenario with 30 different judges in this case yep. and the same person with the same clothes, everything comes in and now we introduce him as a well, excuse me, as a resident from the medical school who is a doctor on that floor. Mm -hmm. Same scenario, he then leaves, we have him fill out. Who do you think they rate higher in physical attractiveness? The person with the higher credentials. So there's ways we can adjust. Better education raises a person's physical attractiveness. Also, as simple as body language. A person with more open body language, we see after the interaction, is judged higher in physical attractiveness. I'm not talking about liking or attraction, but I'm talking about just the visual physical aspect. Right. People are influenced by some non-physical things. Right. Right. And let me say also, in the dating relationship world, is the more we know or the longer we know an individual or the more we know about the individual, the higher our judgment of the individual's physical attractiveness tends to be. Consequently, someone in a relationship, one, two, maybe married, five, six years, what have you, is we start to see our mate much more attractive than the outside world or that other people do. So it's the notion is, is, is if we can get on or beyond that first impression, right. then it really does help to have our potential mate or potential date to know more about us. Because the more they know about us, the more likely they're going to see us as more physical attractive. And if they see us as more physical attractive, they're going to be more attracted or liking of us. Right. Well, this is, this is very interesting because it connects with a lot of the advice we talk about. All of these things, you know, body language, um, like status, you were kind of referring to status uh, a little bit with schooling and so on. All of these things we talk about a lot and how they, they have an impact. So could, could we just go through a kind of, kind of list of the most important contributors, physical and non-physical, uh, you know, things like in terms of physical, which, which ones are the main kind of attributes which influence people in this way? Yeah, first let me say that when I'm talking with non-researchers or practitioners yep. such as yourself or the media mm -hmm. is that we would like to or that you would like to have a nice ranking or what have you and the research is much more complicated. Yeah. It doesn't really give us a nice ranking. However, as we start to break it down to some extent, well, let me say first of all on how the research is done. What the research has done is usually we ask people to judge people's physical attractiveness. We have tried in the past to ask them to tell us what determines physical attractiveness. That does not seem to work. Yeah. So we have people rate people high and low in physical attractiveness. We then put them to categories and then we take the people apart, so to speak, and we look at what are the differences between these people in the good looking category and the not good looking category. And we start to see certainly is there's always the question, the body and the face. We really can't separate body and face, mm -hmm. but if we are forced to, we can see that the face is a much greater determinant 
than the body in a person's physical attractiveness unless the person's body is far extreme, extreme anorexic or extreme 600 pound uh, type weight. Right. So the face becomes most important. When we look into face features, despite what may be some common logic, the mouth tends to be the number one determinant in terms of the face feature on physical attractiveness. The mouth is the teeth, the lips. Mm, interesting. That becomes most important. A close second becomes the eyes. And, and a third, a distant third, let's say, or a third at least, is then the nose. So we can break down those things. In all those regards, as I said, face more important than body, generally. Generally, mouth most important in, as we look at the face, and then becomes the eyes, then become nose, and then of course we've got hair, and we've got complexion, and we've got, got the uh, dimensions of the face. It gets into all of those features. Mm -hmm. But most important is what, at least Americans use the word, but Germans use the word slightly different, is a gestalt. The right. gestalt means that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And so, yes, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, the complexion, etc., they're all important. However, it's really all of those things together which determines if a person's judged higher or lower in physical attractiveness. Right. So With all that said, there's one body feature that stands out that the research shows clearly both men and women consider real negative, and that body feature, which is difficult to, to avoid, is a protruding stomach. Right. People with protruding stomachs are always rated low in physical attractiveness. Okay, so that's that's the little little uh, kind of the the pot belly you're talking about, like that you get from metabolic syndrome. Yes. Right. Okay. And the so-called, what some people call beer belly, etc. But yes. Okay, that's a great list. Um, you gave us a lot of information. It was very interesting. And I thought, I mean, there's, there's a nice bit about that. I noticed also that those are very popular bits to get upgrades on, you know, um, like, you know, dentistry, um, and you see the plastic surgery in those aspects. One, one point you didn't, ch uh, you didn't touch on was age. How, how does age influence this whole, this whole dynamic? All right, excellent point. Unfortunately, to be old, as people grow old, their beauty goes down. Uh, their attractiveness, go, their physical attractiveness goes down. And in this regard, if we, if we boil down all of these criteria, and there's an awful lot of criteria. In fact, let me add to what I just said early, is this sounds kind of crazy, but up to about 10 years ago, the research indicated for the last 30 years, up to 10 years ago, that the more average-looking face would be judged higher in physical attractiveness. For the last 10 years, the research has clearly shown the more the symmetrical face, the more physically attractive. Thus, literally, if the left side of the face matches the right side, if the left ear matches the right ear, if the right nostril measures the left nostril. So if you look closely at your face, be it through cosmetics or what have you, the more symmetrical we can make the person look, the more physically attractive the person is judged to be. With all of that said, we've got all of these components, and I didn't get into things such as literally the width of the eyes, how far they're apart, and for your information, more physically attractive people, if we take a face for the moment, 
and we can divide it into thirds. If it divides into thirds equally, then that person tends to be judged higher in physical attractiveness. And what I mean by thirds is from the hairline to the top of the eyebrow should be one third of the face. From the top of the eyebrow to the bottom of the nose should be a third. From the bottom of the nose to the bottom of the chin should be a third. Okay. Well, when we're talking about age, both for men and women, but much, much more for men, what happens with that top third? The hairline goes further and further back. Mm. So this is one feature. The face also changes its complexion. The skin becomes thinner, or, or yeah, thinner and more pale. And for men and women, as we age, our lips become more thin. And, and for the last approximately 20 years, more full lips are judged more physically attractive. So, so all the little markers of physical attractiveness tend to go down as a person ages. And, and in general, without question, as a person ages, their physical attractiveness goes down. Now, what I want to say, however, at the same time is, of the many, many little features that determines the physical attractiveness of a person, we can boil those down around the world to two components that really, really matter. One, an adult who looks younger rather than older is judged more attractive, physically attractive, and an adult who is judged more healthy rather than less healthy is judged more physically attractive. And you mentioned dentistry. Well, healthy young people have very white teeth. You know, not only do the lips get more thinner, but as we age, just look at an older person, naturally aging older person, the teeth become more gray and maybe more yellow, but certainly they change from white to, to less white. And consequently, that's associated with aging, that's maybe associated with less health, and certainly, consequently, that notion about boiling it all down to what can we do to look more healthy, what can we do to look younger, is going to be beneficial to our physical attractiveness. And all of this then opens up justification is that if we exercise for vanity purposes, maybe there's some benefits there because we're improving our health uh, very much, but we're also increasing our physical attractiveness. So some way, let's focus on health and let's focus on, on looking younger rather than older. And, and unfortunately, from my perspective or what have you, that really... Oh, well, maybe it's good because there's a lot of options now. We have dentistry, we have cosmetic surgery, we have fitness centers, we have uh, things that will tighten your stomach. And let me say one other point, and then I'll be quiet for the moment, okay. is if we look at the medical research, and you see this continually the last, I'm going to say, five, six years, you'll see studies every so often that the least healthy people are people with a large stomach, a lot of body fat, or a lot of stomach fat. Well, that equates nicely with this notion that to look more healthy is to be viewed more physically attractive. And I just said about 10 minutes ago, to have a pruding stomach is viewed as not physically attractive. Well, there may be some historical, what we call hardwire reason, why we prefer people who are more physically attractive. They're more healthy, and we look at the features that determine that. Right, and I'd, I'd look at the whole health thing as very positive. You know, we're talking about lookism and, and the biases um, here, but 
Um, if, if it can motivate you to stay healthier through your life, then I'd say that's all good. That's a, you know, that's a positive motive, motivation and um, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, well, you touched on uh, before the non-physical attributes. Could, could we delve through those a bit? Because I, I know those also kind of have a big pl uh, you know, a role to play in aging, especially for men. Yeah, certainly I would say, you know, whatever is going to be non-physical, such as credentials of various sort, education, etc., and then something which I hate to admit, but this is true, is uh, particularly for women more than men, even though that might be changing. I don't have research on how that's changing now, but we do have research on if you say this man makes X amount of money, and then you introduce him separately as making substantially more money, lo and behold, he becomes more physically attractive to people. We talked about body language, but we're also talking about clothes, we're talking about cosmetics, we're talking about hairstyle. All of those things are going to, Im well, excuse me, those are physical, I mean physical things when you get into it. So, we're talking about body language, we're talking about credentials, we're talking about resources, that the person may bring to the, you know, to the relationship. Well, one one interesting thing uh, that, that I've seen discussed before, I'm not sure if your your research has gone into this, is uh, hormones. Um, so, you know, if if a man has higher testosterone or lower testosterone, that can influence. In 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 dating, we talk about it sometimes. Uh, for instance, uh, we've noticed that when you go to the gym. Um, afterwards, um, you tend to get more looks from women, uh, for instance. And we, you know, we, there is a little bit of research around testosterone, but not really about a specific situation. And we assume that basically, you know, after, after you've gone for a good heavy weights lift, lifting a session in the gym, then your testosterone is higher and, and that's somehow influencing the women. Have you, have you looked into that area at all? Yes. And what you bring up is, uh, interesting. First of all, not hormones, but pheromones. There's also which I don't, which I don't put a lot of credit to. But pheromones, if that's how it's pronounced, right. is the odor that a person has can change their attractiveness, their physical attractiveness, and their attraction. Now, in regard to hormones, we touched a little bit, I guess, on this when we talked or mentioned menstrual cycle for women. Right. For men with higher testosterone, or testosterone, we see that they're what's called facial markers, they have higher cheekbones, they look more masculine. As we age, we lose our testosterone or through exercise or through lack of exercise and it impacts our face very quickly. Oh, a more okay. rugged, handsome mm -hmm. man is going to have higher testosterone. That's testosterone. interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize our facial shape um, can, can change that quickly. Yes. Because you know, from my own experiments and like testing in labs and stuff, I've raised, you know, I've, I've raised my testosterone 200 when I'm, you know, I'm following specific protocols and stuff. So it's, it's, it's very attainable to, you know, change the level of testosterone based on, um, you know, your, your workouts and what you're eating and, and so on. So it's very interesting. How, do you know how rapidly your, your face would change? So it's really, you're saying it's probably based on changes in the way you look based on testosterone. Yes. I don't know if the testosterone causes it or if it's associated or but correlated with right, it. Right. But as we raise our testosterone, our facial or as it decreases, our our more handsome, younger facial masculine features are going to be decreasing. 
I do not know the time aspect on that. But let me also say, as you just said, when you work out at, at a gym or, or, or a fitness center, I don't know this impact either, but, you know, but the little that I do, the blood flow to my muscles actually inflate my body mm -hmm. to some extent, and so I feel better, and I, also I paid a price for working out, but I probably do look bigger and, and more husky to an extent, a very small extent. Mm -hmm. And so all that contributes. So they, you know, the fitness aspect to look better certainly has a dual benefit. Makes you look better, but also, also makes you more healthy. Right, right. Have you, I mean, I, I think you touch on this in your book, you looked at the, the ratios, the um, hip to waist ratio for women and the waist to chest ratio for men. Have you looked in or covered that in your research? Yes, uh, that's covered in the physical attractiveness research, certainly, right. and uh, certainly the hourglass figure, as it's often referred to for women, mm -hmm. that has a significant impact. Even though when you ask men and other women, they will not acknowledge that, but if we look at how people are judging people on physical attractive or putting them in the category of attractive or unattractive, the attractive are going to have a substantially different waist ratio than the less attractive. Right, right. Yeah, so that, that, that is one of the important things. Because that's nice. That's something you can influence as well. It's, you know, we're always looking for things that you can influence in, in some way. So it's nice to know that the, you know, the, the, there's these important aspects that you can influence by improving your, how narrow your waist is versus, you know, how broad you are or for the women improving their, their hip, their hips. And so there's actually, I don't know if you've seen this, there's fitness programs for women now. Uh, focused on emphasizing their their glutes, so it gives them a, a, a wider, uh, a wide, wider hips, narrower waist, and it gives them more of an hourglass um, hourglass figure, and that's becoming very popular. And it, and it sounds like that would have some merit. And Angel, what you just mentioned is interesting because it also shows the importance of physical attractiveness or the value that people put on it. Mm -hmm. First of all, as you indicated, you can achieve that, or, or you can move towards it with a lot of work through various fitness exercising. That's yep. one item. You can also do, as we know, cosmetic surgery specifically and liposuction to achieve this. And then third, we have a whole new line of clothes that I'm gonna say started about eight, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. The biggest name that I know is a company called Spanx, S-P-A-N-X in the United States. Mm -hmm. And this is a woman who started this and and she actually borrowed $5,000 from people to start this business. And it's really a cincture or it makes you look more, you know, your waist enhancement, et cetera. And as I said, it, she borrowed 5000 for this company. And now she was just last year on the Fortune 500 list of uh, billionaires as the youngest self-made billionaire thus far. She's 42 years old, I believe, at this time, but she made her money from Spanx, and the only reason for Spanx is it's underneath clothes that will give you better shape. So if you don't do the exercise or the surgery, you have that option. And now, the last two, three years, not as popular yet, but men, or she's got a whole new line of that man, and now she has competitors and such too. So there's a number of ways we can achieve the looks. Right, right. Um, and that's really interesting. I didn't know about this Spanx company. I have to look up it up afterwards. And you say they're also doing uh, clothes now for men uh, to achieve the same. Yes, they. Yes, yes, and it's under clothes, 
and primarily it's focused on tucking in a protruding stomach. Right. Not as healthy um, as actually working on your health and kind of you know fixing it. No, exactly. And there's no comparison. However, for many people, it's much easier than doing the fitness route, and it's also much less expensive than doing the surgery route. Right, right, totally. And uh, surgery is a little bit more extreme. Which I would not recommend either of route. I would recommend the exercise route, but again, that takes time and effort that a lot of people don't want to do. Right, right, totally. Um, how much of an impact would you say the things that women do to improve their looks have on men? Because, you know, it's, it's a lot more socially acceptable, um, or has been, as you were saying, things are changing, right? In terms of the cosmetics, the fashion, the style, um, the, the, the plastic surgery even, it's all, it's, it's kind of originated a lot of those kind of markets have originated more in, in the women's side and, and now maybe they're getting transferred uh, to the male side also. How much of a difference can, can all of the, all those things, obviously, obviously like putting aside the plastic surgery, which is actually kind of modifying your body, but in terms of the, the cosmetics and the fashion, the style and the clothes, how much of a difference does that make? All of those things make significant differences such that small differences really do translate into big consequences. Mm -hmm. So often we think small improvements won't be noticed or what have you, but it really be, translates into big consequences. And um, I guess that's, you know, something slipped my mind at the moment. moment. I was going to say more about that topic, and I just slipped my mind. Maybe I'll come back to it. Yeah, but I, I just think this is something that's uh, important for men to be aware of, uh, because like there's something that typically that happens is like you know you go to a, white, uh, a, a, a nightclub for instance, um, and it's it's kind of dark, and the women are wearing makeup, and you know you, you meet a girl, and you know you make plans to have a date and stuff. And w when we first started dating a lot, we, we you know we used to say how like oh, we, we were kind of shocked when we met her for the second time. It was it was daylight. And it was a different situation. Where, and our expectations weren't met. But I think the point is that our, our expectations weren't very realistic. Um, and it would be worse. It could be even worse, you know, if you were drinking alcohol. Um, unfortunately, most of us didn't drink alcohol. But if you were drinking alcohol as well, you know, you could potentially be further distorted. So I, I think it's important for men to, you know, ha have a clear view of reality, basically, um, when they're looking at this, to understand when cosme cosmetics are being used. Um, to be able to see that and be able to kind of judge the girl for who she is really underneath as well and be able to see, see through that. And that will help meet your expectations and, you know, just, I, I think it causes less, less problems for everyone. If I could give a couple comments as well as I thought about what, or I thought about what I wanted to say earlier. First of all, you're touching on hormones to some extent mm -hmm. about when you might first see the person in the nightclub or what have you. That's one aspect, I believe. Second is, uh, it goes back to the notion that we kind of started with is that a person's looks can be an opening door that invites the observer to learn more about the mm. person or it can close. So exactly as you just said is that men, more than women, but both, but men particularly, need to go beyond that initial first impression. So that's how dangerous or how important that a woman's physical attractiveness is, or men's, but, but let's take a woman for the moment, is that her looks can close the door where he won't even try to learn more about her. 
if some way she can get with him that she can or that he can learn more about her as I said earlier the more we know the more physically attractive the person gets in our eyes plus he will just learn much more about her unrelated to her appearance but that darn appearance the darn looks can be a closer you no know, can close the door or can open the door now with that said you mentioned changes due to cosmetics and etc etc we are a funny people in the world, and this is worldwide, but we value higher physical attractiveness overwhelmingly, unless the person has gotten those higher physical attractiveness artificially. Now, strangely enough, if the person's improved their attractiveness with exercise, that's valuable. But beyond that, we have this unrealistic standard that a person should be born with their beauty. So, if they get cosmetic surgery, if the man gets a hair transplant, yeah, hair on men are judged more physically attractive. But if that hair is noticeably artificial, be it either through transplant or through, I guess, a, a wig or a rug or whatever it's called, toupee, it's judged less physically attractive. A woman's breast enhancements, yes, people like women with larger breasts, but we also are contradictory is that if we know they're they are artificial cosmetic surgery breast enhancements it's not judged it, in fact that becomes negative so we are this weird little people or weird population around the world is that we value higher physical attractiveness but unless it's artificially achieved or achieved through means other than being born with. So we have real high unrealistic expectations of what we expect of a person. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, I, mean, I mean, I guess that's driven by the media and, and you know, all the photoshopping of photos and everything that, that goes on, uh, paint, painting these uh, per perfect uh, images all the time. So, right. Um, and, and I guess, like, just, just thinking about this, I guess in, in, with that context, like you're saying that, um, so, say I'm walking around during the day, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a guy with say high standards, and I don't see anything I'm interested in the whole day. Uh, but then I go to the club um, at night, and you know, women are wearing more makeup, and you know, and, and so on. There's, there's different things going on, as you're saying, the hormones because the environment's a bit more energetic, and so on. So the hormones might have an influence there. Um, um, so that that might actually get you interested in someone initially and then you know you take an interest with, with them further and get to know them and then you'd like them more so if you'd met potentially that person during the daytime none, none of that whole process would have got started does that make sense that makes lots of sense and so the woman who's in this case the woman or the man who's enhanced their attractiveness then is much more inviting or encouraging of the other person the observer in this case the male in this case mm -hmm. to then learn more about the individual so it's got some real benefits. So if we're aware that physical attractiveness or looks, beauty, handsomeness, really play an important role, then we want to enhance our physical attractiveness as best we can. And we want to do it at least, least artificially or what have you. And so if cosmetics makes us look better, then I would say, yes, that's certainly going to improve our chances. And cosmetics gets into an area that you talked about very nicely or just mentioned is cosmetics as well as fragrances 
during the day in the workplace may not be acceptable mm -hmm. and certainly at night at a club or what have you certainly would be acceptable so we've got to you know do it a context appropriate I'll say in this case okay great what, what would you say men do to improve their looks today you know you said you mentioned that it was becoming a more important trend that men are working more on this what kind of things do they work on in terms of looks improving their, their looks to get better social results and, and specifically dating sure we can go to anything that that they're doing to make themselves look younger mm. not too young younger and to make themselves look more healthy so certainly the exercise fitness that a lot of men do but certainly not the majority of men I don't believe that certainly contributes there's a whole new dimension of maybe we can call it the metrosexual but we do have individuals getting manicures and we also are having men increasingly to use various face lotions and and also bronzes so men are going into a version a version of cosmetics male cosmetics which again is a facial moisturizers that are then going to plump out the skin and that makes the skin look more younger and it goes back to that notion then the person's going to be judged more physically attractive um, uh, if you want to take it a step further, the number one cosmetic surgery for men is the upper eyelid. So as, as men age, as I said, the skin changes, the lips change, etc. But the upper eyelid tends to, to come down. And if you look at individuals in their, I'll say, 50s and certainly 60s, you'll see the upper eyelid really encroaching down under the eye. That's the number one cosmetic surgery is to raise that up for men. Okay, well, so what age are they doing that? Is it like 40, 50, or when did that typically I would say in the mid-50s on up. Okay, so I'm not actually sure what you're talking about there. Is that where, like, the eyes would droop down at the side? Would they look like they're coming it, it would be where the eyes would droop down. It would be below the eyebrow, and it would be the eyelid, I ah. guess you would call it. So it looks like there's something coming a little bit over the eye, you know, a bit more. It's than the it skin. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's the skin between the eyebrow and the eyelid. There's part of your eye up there that seems to, I guess, loosen, and it certainly comes down and it starts covering the eye. But it does not affect vision. But you will see that, and it makes a person look quote old or tired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Um, are there any other and classic a thing is becoming? is growing in popularity for men. Uh, what, what, sorry, what was uh, growing in popularity for men? For men using facial lotion, right. moisturizers, mm -hmm. also use concealment to cover up underneath the eye the blue color that people develop as they age. Right. And, 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 and I don't, but I know, well, I know of several individuals who are also concerned with wrinkles around the eye so they're using what women have traditionally used to minimize what could be called crow's feet but the wrinkles that are particularly around the eye mm. and as we know the whole craze about Botox injections in the forehead has long ago left the um, well the movie set so to speak or the movie crowd and uh, it's gone into the general public now for those who can afford it 
into Botox and various other injections. In fact, injections have become the real craze in the cosmetic surgery world, the non-surgery part, and that's to get rid of the smile lines around the face with both men and women, or excuse me, with women and men doing that, and also the wrinkles in the forehead. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Um, there's, there's quite a few um, area, areas there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really want to touch on this subject uh, very, very much, but I think I, think I just uh, want to bring it up because I think it's something that uh, guys may see a lot of marketing for. Um, they see, I think, I think on the internet particularly, you see a lot of marketing for uh, plastic surgery when it comes to the genitals um, and, and changing those. Is there a trend actually for men actually, you know, using these kind of services or, or these kind of enhancements or, you know, because I think this is something that they, they may see a lot of and so I just thought it was important to bring up. I do not know, know what has happened in that area. Okay. And, uh, you know, of course, people are going to be very reluctant to talk about their enhancements. Yeah. I can say, as I mentioned in my book, but I also want to follow up on this, is that there's a very successful physician in Los Angeles, a surgeon, mm -hmm. who is doing vagina rejuvenization. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not for any medical or sexual reasons. It's strictly for appearance reasons. Mm. Well, I just read, and I do not have first-hand knowledge of this, but he has now opened a practice in Dubai, and he and his colleagues are going to Dubai two weeks out of every month, and where they are doing their cosmetic surgeries there, including the vagina rejuvenization, strictly for aesthetic purposes. And strangely to me is, at least they self-report, uh, all these physicians, that it's just a booming market, certainly in Los Angeles, but it's a booming market in Dubai where I personally would not expect it. But mm. so it certainly is a trend. And so the fact that men may be getting enhancements with the whole notion that bigger is better, which we have ingrained in, I think, all world society in terms of men, is I could certainly see them in pursuit of that. Okay. Great, thank you for that for that comment. Um, so, out of, to to get a bit more kind of practical now, how, how do the areas we've discussed about improving looks? What would you separate? Is there is there are there anything that can be set, said to be healthy versus unhealthy? Like I'm kind of thinking about the longer term impacts for your happiness and satisfaction, and you know, so, so on. So, what's kind of healthier for us to to invest in versus not healthy to invest in so much? I can take that or I can begin that by going one direction is something that's healthy is to avoid the unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, it's tough to do in that, let me just go for an example. Height for both men and women is generally considered more physically attractive. The taller the person, more attractive physically than shorter. Well, what do women do? they wear high heel spiked shoes to get more height. And this is a fashion around the world. When you want to go out at night or what have you, you can look more attractive by gaining height. We know that, however, that's pretty painful. And women actually get surgeries to adjust so that they can fit into high heel pointed shoes. So to avoid the painful things, we also also pursue physical attractiveness, I guess, at all costs. I guess we can get into eating disorders, 
as well as cosmetic surgeries. We cannot afford it, mm-hmm. or, or individuals cannot afford it financially, and they have unrealistic expectations. So, to be beautiful, often we, you know, we pursue beauty at painful levels, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. With that said, avoid that, and then focus on the things that we were talking about earlier is, what are the non-physical aspects we can do to enhance our physical attractiveness? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a better education. Maybe it's a higher level position. Maybe it's a, it's a better personality in those regards. Also, as we touched on, is the physical fitness aspect of it. That certainly is positive. We can enhance our physical attractiveness and at the same time get better health, which is really so interdependent. However, the fitness center craze or the fitness center, the eating well so that we do have proper complexion or as best complexion as we can have. So eating, exercise, personal enhancement, those are certainly three factors, broad factors, that we can do to enhance our physical attractiveness, both right. men and women. Well, the nice thing about those is that there's synergies as well. It's like if you work on these to improve your looks you know, and get the benefits in dating, then you also happen to get other benefits, like you're healthier, you live longer, um, you, you have more money, um, you have a better quality of life, you know, you're, you're happier and so on. So there's, you know, it's, it's nice to look for these synergies. An area you didn't touch on just then is um, uh, fashion and style. This is just an area we, you know, we, we tend to tell guys to um, start learning about because a lot of the guys who are a bit shyer um, haven't been exposed um, to, to a lot of fashion or style. And, and this is one area we feel is pretty easy to you know, improve your looks with um, just, just by learning some few things. Um, and getting a bit out of your comfort zone. Um, have, you, have you got any opinion on that? Yeah, absolutely, both for grooming and for fashion. Mm-hmm. If we can, you know, keep up with the times. If our fashion, if we lose fashion, if we get too old, it's equated again with what we mentioned earlier, uh, with aging before our times, maybe we could call it that. Mm-hmm. And if we keep fashionable, we're going to appear younger, more active, etc. So both fashion and grooming in general becomes extremely important and there's image consultants out in the world obviously mm-hmm. who are very focused on, on keeping people fashionable and men get very stuck in their ways more quickly than women and so you touched on a good point is how to motivate men to keep them being fashionable in the latest trends and thinking. So important factor in that regard, yes, sir. Thanks, thanks very much. This, this question is maybe a potential uh, complicated, and I'm, I'm not sure if you'll have any you know, uh, research you know of that will help you answer this. But you know, if, if there isn't, just tell us. And, but if you have an opinion, I'd be interested. Is there any evidence to say our looks bias, so what we're talking about today, evolves over time um, as we age or as we mature, as we, we potentially have, have more experience in life or sexually or otherwise? Is there you know evidence to say that? Potentially, these, these looks bias becomes lesser, um, and perhaps we become more rational and we think in other ways. Uh, is that something you can comment on? I can say certainly there's research specifically addressing what you just said, and that research that has been published will say kind of what you just said, is that looks become less important and maybe less logical, I mean more logical. However, at the same time, as we age, the importance of looks does not evaporate or disappear. Mm. It changes, it diminishes, 
At the same time, however, let me give you a couple examples. One is if we look at people married 20, 25, 30 years, we have questionnaires filled out by these folks. We see that those with spouses who are higher in physical attractiveness, or at least who they see in their eyes as higher in physical attractiveness, express at the same time greater happiness with their marriage or with their relationship or their bond. Hmm. So it contradicts conventional thought that it was, or that appearance goes down in importance. Yes, it goes down, but yet it still plays an important role that we're happier with our mates, we're happier with our relationship, hmm. we're happier that we made the right decision 20 years ago to marry this person <laughs> yeah. when that person is good looking rather than less good looking. And then we have another dimension which I just touched on earlier or as we started this conversation is that as we become elderly, the importance of physical attractiveness does not disappear. And we often see, for example, elderly women in their 80s, maybe 90s, what's an extremely important part to their lives is the weekly visit to the hairdresser to have their hair done. So yes, it diminishes, but it's, or it reduces, but it certainly does not disappear. The fact that physical attractiveness is an important factor. Unfortunately, as I often say, say it's important literally from birth or cradle to grave or death. So throughout our lifetime, physical attractiveness, it's better to be good looking rather than less good looking. Right, it's unavoidable as you say, so uh, better to work with it than uh, against it. Well, with that in mind, look, we've talked about a lot of different things you, we, uh, you could do today. Um, for, for a guy who's like he wants to improve his results in the real world, in the dating world specifically, what would be your top three recommendations uh, for him to work on that would make a difference? First of all, to have a psychological mindset as he pursues these efforts that small differences translate into big consequences. So what he may think is a small change, I don't know, getting rid of sideburns, mm -hmm. changing hairstyle, not doing a comb over if he's getting older or what have you, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe darkening his hair if it doesn't look artificial. Those, all those things, small differences make big consequences. Even the fact, which I'll get to three items in a moment, even the fact that getting rid of the excess eyelid skin is going to, that's a small change it seems, but surprisingly that has big consequences. If, if the guy's aging or whatever, maybe changing his style of glasses, what have you. So one is small differences translate into big consequences. Second is fashion, I would say, and third is going to be fitness, physical fitness. And in that regard, as difficult as it is for men, is what we referred to earlier, is getting rid of that protruding stomach. Now you can get rid of that, as we said, liposuction, fitness or exercise, and also undergarments. We'd like to choose the physical fitness. Plus physical fitness is going to do a whole bunch of other things, which is gonna add color to your face, it's gonna build bulk to some extent, and it's going to raise confidence. Right. Small differences make big consequences. And uh, let's do fashion, whatever that means, hair, glasses, clothes. And third on that list is let's look at our body. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you for those points. Very, very good. 
Um, Dr. Gordon uh, Patzer, it has been extremely educational to have you on the show uh, today, and you know it's going to be great for our users to get this you know research-based information. I really appreciate the long experience you've spent in this uh, research subject. So thank you very much for making the time for us today. And I thank you very much for having me as a guest today. Thank you, Angel. I really enjoyed that interview. I, I thought it was great because I love it when we get some solid, credible research on here because we're all about getting to the truth, getting to the reality because even if it's uncomfortable, as Dr. Gordon Patzer tells us, you know, it's quite discomforting knowing some of these things and the influence on their lives. Knowing it and doing something about it is far better than trying to ignore it. So that, that's what we're here for. Okay, as, as usual, the show notes there at datingskillsreview.com slash DSP41. You can get all the links and everything we spoke about on the show. If you want to win the bonus coaching, phone coaching with me this week, that's 30 minutes of my time to ask me absolutely anything uh, to troubleshoot any of your problems or plan your free month to, to success uh, timeline because really it is possible in free months if you do it the right way. To win this coaching, you simply leave a comment on, on this question. What have you done already or will you get your ass in gear to do this week that has improved your image and your physical attractiveness? You can also add like, let me know if any you have noticed any better responses from women or anyone socially as a result of anything you've done. That's always interesting to know. A quick little story from me, you know, about 2007, I decided to work on my physical attractiveness. Uh, specifically, I was interested in working on the V-shape, so the chest-to-waist ratio or shoulder-to-waist shoulder ratio you hear about um, and, and I've discussed before on this show. So I went on a training program to specifically uh, do that. It took me about two months to get a really, really good shape. And once I'd done that, it's been surprisingly easy to maintain that. And what I noticed pretty much immediately was when I was working in Starbucks and things like this, I was actually getting women coming up and sitting next to me. We call those approach invitations. And so what happens there is like when, when a girl is already interested in you because of your physical appearance, she'll, she'll basically come around you, uh, closer to you. And when you start talking to her, you'll notice that you know, it's just very smooth because you just say hi and she'll say hi back and, and it'll go very smoothly. So that's kind of the difference and the impact it, it can have. That's just a, a little story on, on what I saw from my change in that one area. So get your comments in by Friday, 13th September to qualify for that 30 minutes of coaching. Every week I leave you with a quote because I find the quotes are really memorable. So they stick in your head and they're easy to remember and so apply to your life. So today's quote from the show is, nines and tens do not date, mate or marry twos and threes. So that's from Gordon Patzer and it's, you know, it's, it's really a hard hitting truth there or of the reality. If you are currently a two or a three, you're not going to get a nine or a ten. You know, it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. You're fighting uphill. As Gordon Patz also said, you know, the changes you make, the efforts you make to change some of the things about your physical appearance make a very, very significant impact on that score if we're scoring from one to ten. So it's not like you can't change this situation. So this is why we at Dating Skills Review say that, you know, working on your image is an easy win. Right? It's, it's the first thing you should work on. It's often easier than other parts. 
and it really gets you better results much quickly and with less effort. Like I gave you the example earlier, you know, you'll get more women coming up to you or coming coming around you and being more open to talking with you, which makes the whole process of getting to meet women way, way easier. So that's awesome. Leaving with you the quote, nines and tens do not date, mate or marry twos and threes. Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by DatingSkillsReview.com, the number one men's source for dating, sex, and relationships advice. Get the cutting-edge advice now and create your ideal dating lifestyle.